The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. Chapter 4 this morning, reading from verses 12 through to 17. Matthew chapter 4, commencing in verse 12. Uh, if you haven't got a Bible, you might like to follow along on the screen with me with it. Jesus. He says, Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew into Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea, in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people dwelling in darkness have seen the great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, We can, for the kingdom of heaven is the king. This is the word of the Lord. I wrote this God as saying, We're very young. Let's pray this morning. We do pray that you might open up our eyes, our ears, our hearts, to that which you might say to us this morning. We pray for the move of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to bring your word to life in our lives. Father, we pray that, uh, again, we might not just be hearers of the word, but do it also as we encourage to the Lord of God. Father, we pray that uh, this morning, as we focus on Jesus as God's gift of life, that the light of Jesus might penetrate even the darkest of places, not only in our lives, but very much so through us into the dark world beyond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Less than two weeks to Christmas. Who's excited? Yes? That's a few. Who's tired? Yes. <laughs> it's a bit like that, isn't it? You know, Carl and I were in the car just the other day. We were just commenting that, you know, this time of year should be a time of year which should be a joyous time of year, shouldn't it? But in many ways, it's just exhausting. And it's tired, and there's lots of stresses and pressures and that sort of thing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's, it, we can lose a lot of the joy because of those things. I don't know about you, I don't know what uh, your Christmas is looking like at the moment. Uh, some of you may be heading away for holiday and uh, looking forward to that break. You know, a chance just to sort of just to, to relax and just to kind of just get away from things and be stressed. Perhaps uh, in the last couple of weeks or so, maybe some of you even earlier, you've been putting up things like Christmas trees and decorations. Who's, who's got the Christmas tree up in their house at the moment? Who's put it up in November? 
Oh, yes, there we go. The real serious stuff. The real serious one. You know, this time of year also, you know, we, uh, we have lots of uh, places to go and people to see. And, you know, this time of year, there's you know, lots and lots of food and things come out. Already, you know, I've been to a couple of things and uh, already I'm sort of starting to feel if I don't start exercising a bit more, when I get after Christmas, I'm going to look like Santa Claus. How's the gift giving? Uh, this, sorry, the gift buying going? Anyone been buying Christmas gifts? Yes, there's a few of you. Yes, played in the shop, that sort of thing to buy gifts. Yes, you know when it comes to buying gifts, I mean, what 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 sort of goes through your mind when you think about buying a gift for someone? And when it comes to you know sort of thinking, okay, I need to have a present under the tree for for so and so, you know, who are you going to? What, what what sort of thought process goes through your mind? You know, if you're like my house, um, my wife has a lot of the Christmas shopping, but I need to buy a present for her, so I need to be making sure that I'm thinking to what, what, what is it that I need to, uh, that I want to sort of really expect through my gift to my wife. Perhaps I might buy her something which she might need. She buys gifts based on needs, you know, like uh, dad, she might get socks and, uh, and other things. All right, yes, based on needs. Yep. So, needs can be a really good practical gift, can't they? You know, gifts, 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 I think when it comes to buying gifts, though, too, what we, what we really want to do is we actually want to buy a gift that actually communicates something of how much we, we love and value the person we're buying a gift for. We want a gift. We want a gift that's actually going to demonstrate to them how important they are to us and how much we love them. You know, these next few weeks, uh, including, you know, not just leading up to, but including Christmas, we're going to be contemplating this whole aspect of, of gift giving, but particularly in light of God's gift. God's gift to us in the person of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And how Jesus actually meets our greatest needs. And how Jesus also is the, the bringer of, of joy into our lives. But most significantly, how Jesus is God's uniquely special gift that points us so we're going to begin this morning by focusing particularly on Jesus as God's gift of life. God's gift of life. As we come to our passage here in, in Matthew 4 this morning, it's a, a, a passage that very much focuses on this, this light that's going to shine in the midst of darkness that God promises. You've got your Bible. I have the motion uh, before you there. And uh, as we pick up our passage this morning in, in Matthew 4, Matthew tells us that Jesus has received news. He's received news that, that John, or John the Baptist, has actually been arrested. John has had this incredible uh, uh, preaching proclamation ministry uh, in Israel, particularly in the wilderness areas around the Jordan River. John has, has been preaching uh, a message of repentance, preparing the way for God's Messiah to come, for God's Saviour King to arrive. 
And now we see that John has been arrested by King Herod. And so when Jesus hears this news, we're told that he goes back into Galilee, into that northern region of Israel, and he leaves Nazareth, goes into the town of Capernaum, and he sets up home base, so to speak, in this seaside town. This is the northern region of Israel. It's the land that when, uh, when the, uh, God first brought his people into the land, he divided the land up uh, amongst the 12 tribes of Israel. And that particular northern area was given to the, to the tribes of Zebulun and Naphtali. And so this is why it speaks of, uh, uh, Isaiah's prophecy speaks of this land of Zebulun and Naphtali, because it's this northern region of Israel. And Matthew tells us that Jesus goes and sets, goes and lives in Capernaum in this particular region because he has he's come to fulfill the perfect plans and purposes of God that has been told through his prophets. The particular prophecy that's uh, that, that been fulfilled here is found in Isaiah 9. And it says that uh, when, when uh, that in the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, the, the sea of Galilee, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And on those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has been. This particular prophecy was making clear that uh, one day a great light would appear to the people, a light that would be Dispel darkness. That would dispel the darkness that these people were living in. And when Jesus arrives on the scene, his, his, uh, this light, he comes and he preaches a particular message. And the message we, we find Jesus preaching is found in verse 17 of Matthew 4, where it says, From that, from that time, and Jesus makes um, Starts his public ministry there in the northern regions of Israel. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And it's these words of Jesus that give us a massive clue as to why he would be given the light of the world. You know, back in Isaiah's day, when this prophecy was first given, the people were experiencing incredibly dark. Time. And even in, in Jesus' day, the, the people of, uh, of Jesus' day, the people of Israel themselves were experiencing really dark times. In Isaiah's day, the people were under, under threat from the northern, the northern nation of Assyria. And that day, that was the, the main uh, political and, and, and military power of the day. And, uh, and, and the king of Assyria was going to come in and he was actually going to lay waste this northern part, these northern parts of Israel, the people were living under this threat that, they, that this army was bearing down on them. And as this army came through, it would basically just cause absolute utter devastation and carry the people off into captivity. In Jesus' day, it was the Roman occupation that was the problem. But you know, in all of these dark times, these people are experiencing these dark times not just because of the, you know, the fact that this, this particular uh, king of Assyria had, had a, uh, uh, was on a power trip trying to, you know, sort of basically annex the world for himself to build up his own power. 
And Jesus decided it wasn't, you know, just because the, you know, the Romans were occupying the land and the people were experiencing hardships and, and they were constantly under threat. The circumstances weren't the problem. The circumstances weren't the only reason there were dark times. The darkness itself was the result of an even greater and more sinister threat. And that was human sin. They said the people in Isaiah's day had found themselves in circumstances, or in the circumstances they faced, because of their ultimate rejection and rebellion of the towards God. They had rejected God, the one who had given them all that they had, the one who had who had provided them with the, the very land that they were living in, the one who, who provided their every daily need in their lives. They had rejected him and they'd gone after foreign gods. And they worshipped foreign gods. And they practiced all kinds of wickedness and immorality. And even though God had sent prophet after prophet to warn them of his coming judgment and to repent before it was too late, the people chose to ignore God's word to them. Instead, they chose to live their own way, trust their own wisdom, trust their own resources. And the result then was that the king of Assyria marched into those northern parts of Israel, destroyed everything in his way, and he took the people off, never to return to the promised land again. And so when people reject God and his way, darkness is the result. Sadly, this is the world in which we live today. A world of darkness because of the reign of sin. And the Bible makes very clear that every single one of us is under the power of sin. And, and we see its influence in all of the, the suffering, the pain, the grief, and the turmoil that impacts our lives and impacts our world. Sin affects us in the very core of our being, and we are all corrupted by it and live with its consequences. And as a result of because as a result of God's judgment upon sin in his world, we who are infected by sin therefore are under the judgment of God. And the Bible tells us that ultimately sin leads to death. Not just a physical death, but a spiritual death. And we can do nothing to help ourselves. We need a rescuer. We desperately need a savior. And this is the, the, the scenario facing the people of, 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 of God in Jesus' day. The good news that God was bringing, the good news that the Matthew wants to point the people to is this: that, that in, the, in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this dark world, in the midst of this, this darkness that so envelops everything, a light was going to dawn, and that is the good news. Not only of this passage, but it is the good news for us living today in the midst of a sin. Filled world, a world of, of darkness, of, of wickedness, of evil, of misery, of pain, of suffering, is the good news that God, in His mercy, promised 
that they got this right, God's light is going to shine. And as that light shines, it brings with it hope. And as Matthew makes clear in this passage, Jesus is that light of God. I'm going to take just a few minutes this morning just to, just to uh, uh, consider why Jesus is God's light. Why he is God's gift of light to us. You know, the witness of the New Testament is very clear that, that Jesus is the light of the world. In the opening verses of John's Gospel, chapter 1, we, uh, we read these words. It says, In the beginning, this is speaking of Jesus, by the way, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life. That word life there speaks of the very power that creates and maintains all of life. It's the very essence of life. In Him was that life. And the life, the one who is life itself, was the light of man. This light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or not overpowered it. In other words, the light of Jesus, when it shines, it cannot be, it cannot be smothered out. The light shines in the darkness, but darkness has not overpowered it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This is speaking of John the Baptist, who Matthew refers to in the verse 12 of chapter 4. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. John was the forerunner. John was the the, 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 next, you know, the next prophet in line, so to speak, to, to point people to Jesus, to proclaim God's good news, to prepare hearts, to prepare people's hearts to receive this promised one of God. John was not the light, but he was just a witness to the light. The light that was coming into the world. And Jesus, in his public ministry, declares in John chapter 8 and chapter 9, he declares himself to be the very light of the world, that whoever comes to him as the light shall not walk in darkness. But what does it mean for Jesus to be this light? Well, the first you see in John chapter 1 there is that Jesus as God's light, he's the one who brings light. You know, for anyone who's done any kind of uh, science, biology, that sort of thing, you know that light is essential to life. Without light, there is no life. Everything perishes. And just as light is essential for life, Jesus as God's light is essential for eternal life. John writes, in him was life. Now, last week we found Mark looked at John chapter 11, where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Do you remember Jesus' words to Martha in John 11 25? What did he say? I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in him, you know, the reality is 
probably a bit of a morbid thing to be discussing at Christmas, but the reality is, is that we are all going to die. Each and every one of us. We can't avoid that. It is going to come one day. Jesus is the only one who offers us the promise of life beyond death, eternal life. Jesus is the only one who offers us life the way it was truly meant to be when God first made everything. Jesus is the only one who can offer us life with God forever in His perfect kingdom. You know, we talk about our world today and we see all the struggles and all the trials and all the difficulties, all the pain, all the suffering, but we're told that God's kingdom, when it comes in all its fullness, when Christ returns in all His glory and brings us as in this new kingdom of God, that all these things will disappear. Instead, there will be this absolute peace and joy and righteousness what a hope we have as followers of Jesus, don't we? The alternative, the Bible says, is speaks about of an eternity of, of suffering and torment. In actual fact, you know, Jesus speaks about that you know people will be cast into the outer darkness. I don't know what your image of, of hell is and that sort of thing, and I've wrestled with this. Know, over, over many years and still haven't come to a sort of real kind of, you know, sort of conclusion as to what hell might be like. But, but what it will be like is that we'll be a place where there is absolute, utter darkness. A place where Jesus says there will be weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. And this will go on forever and ever and ever. And this is the fate of all mankind Lost in darkness before this, the, the, the light of Jesus comes and shines into our lives. We all start off in the darkness. We all begin life in the darkness and we live in darkness until the light of Jesus is shining to our lives to reveal to us something different. That's the next aspect, aspect of life, of, of Jesus is the light. He not only brings life, but his light reveals reality. His light reveals truth. I remember um, many years ago now, I remember staying with, uh, with, with someone, I can't even remember who it was now, but, but it, it was, uh, you know, staying in, in this room that was completely unfamiliar to me. And, uh, you know, I had to get up in the middle of the night. I didn't have a torch, didn't have a mobile phone in those days. to keep the torch on and have a bit of a look around. And it was pitch black. And I couldn't see a thing in this room. I, I wasn't sure where things were. So I got out of bed. And, you know, you sort of kind of just stumble around and your hands go out in front of you and you're sort of feeling to sort of see where things are. And then finally you sort of make it to a wall and you sort of work your way along the wall and you're sort of feeling for that light switch and then you finally find it, you switch the light on and all of a sudden everything that's dark becomes, becomes visible. And you start to see the room for what it really is and you, you've got a clear direction then of where to go and what to do. So 
I guess like us, in our darkened state before Jesus shines his light into our lives, we are just fumbling around in the darkness. And we think we might have things all figured out. We think we might have a good understanding of you know, our human wisdom and logic and that brings us to you know, all these different conclusions. But the Bible is really clear that we are just kidding ourselves if we do not have the light of Jesus in our lives. We are just fumbling around in the darkness day after day after day. And we cannot hope to know the truth. We cannot hope to know what, you know, the, what, the, what the true reality of this world is without Jesus Christ. As God's life, Jesus reveals those things to us. He reveals to us who God is. He reveals to us God's plans and purposes in this world. But not only does He reveal to us you know, facts and truth about God, but He actually reveals to us God Himself, that we can know God personally. Jesus enables us to see the spiritual armor that reveals spiritual truth of how life is found only in Jesus. About how God, God's love for us is so perfectly seen in Jesus' life and death and resurrection. That we suddenly become aware that, you know, that we have been lost in darkness and there have been these spiritual forces arrayed against us. It is only when the light of Jesus shines into our lives that we can begin to even know and understand and comprehend these things. But not only do we see God clearly, but He also shows us ourselves. We become aware of the extent of our own spiritual blindness, of our own sinfulness, and of our own desperate need for God's forgiveness. Sad reality, however, is that even though God's light has appeared in Jesus Christ, people still prefer the darkness. John 3 16 to 19, a monthly preaching that we'll this next week, it says this For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See that, folks. See that it is not God's desire that any should perish, but to have eternal life. That's why God sent Jesus the light into the world. But God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And verse 19 has these words, and this is the judgment. This is the reality, that the light has come into the world, but the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. But even though the light of God has shone into the world in the person of Jesus Christ, that people prefer to live in darkness rather than live in the light. Because that's not just true for people who don't know Jesus, that's sometimes true for people who do know Jesus. 
we prefer to live in the dark. We prefer to live in the shadows. We prefer to live in those places where we don't want the light of Jesus to shine in and expose us to who we are, to expose our evil and wicked deeds, to expose our sinful and corrupt hearts. We don't want Jesus to come in and shine his light in those areas. But you know what, folks? If we truly want to know the hope and the peace and the joy that comes from knowing Jesus as the light of God, we need to allow him to shine his light into our lives. Day by day. You know, those words that Jesus repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand is not just for those people who have not yet come to faith in Jesus, but it is for each and every one of us who have come to faith in Jesus. That day by day we need to continually bring our sin before God to expose our lives before the light of Jesus. To allow God to shine that light and to expose our sin that we might come to the cross, receive the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and then to walk in the newness of life that He offers. So if you find yourself walking in, in darkness today as a follower of Jesus, it may be the fact that you have chosen to walk rather in the darkness than in the light. And Jesus invites us today to step into the light. Maybe you're someone here today, though, who has not yet come to the saving faith in Jesus. And these words this morning are, are perhaps maybe foreign to you. They may be even perhaps a little bit kind of abrasive to you. How dare this fellow stand up there and tell me that I'm walking in darkness? Folks, I'm not telling you that this morning. God's words tell you that. And the only hope that you have only hope you have to step out of that darkness to actually know the truth, to know what real life means is to step into the light of Jesus, is to come to, a, to an acceptance of who he is in his person, that he is indeed the Son of God, the Savior King, and that only through believing in him and receiving him as such can you have the light of Jesus shining your life today. One other aspect of light I want to draw our attention to this morning, and that is this that the light of Jesus, as Jesus is God's light, brings us comfort and peace. I think I've told you this before, but there was uh, a number of years ago, and we were part of a mission, uh, mission team that Collins was out to Mount Isa. And as part of that, we were actually taken down into, uh, into an underground mine down there. And then we were, I think we were about six or seven hundred meters below ground. And we were down there with all of our, you know, our, our overalls and our miners' helmets and our little, you know, miners' lamps at the front and that sort of thing. And when we got to this particular place, our guide said to us, right, now turn your lamps off. And we turned our lamps off, and it was all of a sudden the darkness just seemed to actually come in and, and actually just wrap around you and envelop you. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like darkness to that degree. But it was absolutely pitch black. You could hold your hand up right in front of your face and not see a thing. I remember being down in that darkness, and, and it was really unsettling. In fact, it was quite scary. But when we were able to turn the lamps back on in our helmets, it brought with us a sense of relief and, and, and even a sense of peace that was totally easier to the power to be illuminated. The light brought 
it dark, the things that worry us or cause us the level of anxiety can have that capacity to overwhelm us, can't they? Those dark things in our lives. Who here hasn't laid in bed at night and had fears grip you? To have them sort of just weigh in on you when you think that they become, you know, they just get so overwhelming and you think, oh my goodness. And you start to weigh and fret and get anxious. Yet when the light of day comes, we start to gain a better perspective and those things don't seem quite as powerful or overwhelming as they did in the midst of the night. Isn't that right? As God's light goes, Jesus helps us to see things with a different perspective. To have hope. To know things for certain. One, that God loves us. Secondly, that God is with us. Thirdly, that God promises to people that He will sustain us. And it is these things, the knowledge of God's love, of His presence, of His, of His provision, of His promises in His Word, guaranteeing that He will indeed finally bring us to Himself, that we will not be, you know, Jesus speaks about, you know, um, in John 10, he says, My sheep know me, and I, my sheep know my voice, and I know them. They are in my hands, and no one can snatch them out of my hands. My Father, who is greater than I, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hands. We've got this double guarantee of God's love and protection for us as His people. It is the, the, the light of the knowledge of these things that Jesus brings to us that bring us hope and comfort and peace. Knowing that God will indeed provide us strength to endure. That He will indeed bring us through whatever trials and whatever tribulations and whatever anxieties and fears we may have, Jesus will indeed strengthen us and help us through them. We can have the confidence that no matter what we face in this life, God has us. He has you. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, He has you. But your circumstances don't take God by surprise. But in the midst of those very circumstances, you find yourself in that God is working out His purposes in them, and His purposes towards you are always perfect and good. For all who receive Jesus as God's Savior, we can trust God absolutely, knowing that we are in His powerful and tender care, and that His goal is to bring us to Himself and to enjoy His glorious presence for us. You know, the times we live in today are filled with all kinds of darkness and trouble. There is great uncertainty. There is growing levels of anxiety, all kinds of fears, people experiencing all kinds of heartache, pain, suffering, doubt, shame. But our greatest darkness is not these things, but it is the power of sin over us. 
It is the power of sin that we find ourselves under and the eternal consequences that it means for us. And it is in this particular situation that God has sent Jesus as a rescuer to bring the light of life, the light of truth, and the light of comfort, and ultimately the light of hope to us, to the people living in us. And the way we receive that light, and the way we walk in that light each day, is to admit our need to Jesus. Repenting of our sin, looking to Him, and His word to lead us and to guide us. Folks, the only power that can overcome the darkness in our lives, the darkness in your life, is Jesus Christ. There is no other man. There is no other man. He is the very light of God. We all desperately need Him. But the beauty of the truth is life is There's no greater tragedy than that, can there? But if you, the light that God has given to us in the text of this time, I trust today that you will embrace God's gift. You will know the, the, the peace and the joy and the hope and the comfort that Jesus brings with the light of God to us. We're going to pray and we're going to share the time with you. I go to God in heaven and pray that we just, just reflecting on Jesus as your gift of light to us. Lord, we, first of all, we want to we want to say thank you that you cared enough about us to see the predicament we found ourselves in, lost, totally lost and helpless and hopeless in the darkness, Lord. But that you would shine your light, the light of Jesus, into our darkness to show us the way to yourself, to reveal yourself to us, to reveal the love that you have for us today. We thank you so much for that. In fact, Lord, we could not thank you enough for that today. Lord, we pray that you would help each and every one of us here this morning to be reminded of this, of the light that Jesus brings to our the light that Jesus can bring into our lives. And I pray that you would help each and every one of us respond with gratitude to that light and, and, and move toward that light that we might step into the light to repentance and faith and know that comfort and peace that you can we ask that in Jesus' name for this world. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.